We got to see a lot out of the second string and young players on Saturday. A glance at my Big 12 power rankings plus the rest of the season outlook and how Vegas sees the Oklahoma State matchup with West Virginia all on today's episode of Locked on Pokes. Thanks for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You are Locked on Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your daily Oklahoma State podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Linda Godfrey, co-host of Fantasy Besties and avid Oklahoma State fan. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore pokes on Twitter or find the show on the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest shows every weekday here with Locked on Pokes. So probably the best thing that came from the matchup against KU was that we got to see a lot of the depth that we heard so much about in the offseason, a lot of second string players, a lot of young players. So I'm just going to look at in particular, some of the skill position players on offense and then some of the defensive players that just really made a, a name for themselves on Saturday. Starting first with Shane Illingworth, sophomore backup quarterback. We've, of course, seen some Illingworth over the last two years. We know his style of play is different than Spencer Sanders. He's a much more pro-style quarterback. My biggest issue was with the commentators not knowing his last name. He was called both Inglewood and Ingleworth. And I was heated. I should have been enjoying a blowout victory. Instead, I was getting mad that people whose job it is to get names correctly, it wasn't even close. And I know I mess up names and I try not to, but boy, it irks me. He was 6 of 10 for two touchdowns, no turnovers, two rushing attempts for six yards. Obviously, like I said, not really the rushing quarterback kind of guy, but he did play well. The touchdown to Bryson Green was the first touchdown of a third quarter for Oklahoma State this season. And here's the other thing that's great about getting to see some Shane Illingworth, and I think he played a total of four full drives But it's nice seeing your backup quarterback if, God forbid, something were to happen to Spencer Sanders. The coaching staff knows what they have in their backup. They know he's a competent backup quarterback, and they've seen that from him now several times. They also talk about how excited he gets for wins, how into being a teammate he is. So it was fantastic to see him get to throw the ball some Uh, On Saturday, John Paul Richardson, a freshman, hasn't seen any action since Tulsa, but grabbed four receptions for 18 yards and a touchdown this weekend. The touchdown came after Illingworth rolled out of pocket and hit a fully extended John Paul Richardson in the back of the end zone. So great for him getting his first touchdown as a Cowboy. Jaden Nixon, another true freshman who was the lone running back in Oklahoma State's 2021 signing class, went for 11 attempts. For 53 yards, a long of 18, plus a reception for three yards. Both John Paul Richardson and Jaden Nixon have been dealing with some injuries this season, so it was nice that they were healthy and able to get some game time in the blowout against Kansas. I've been excited to see John Paul Richardson on the field since the spring game when he really played a dominant role in the slot of that spring game. 
So it was nice to see them both get some playing time this weekend. Both of the Green Twins, who are both freshmen, had fantastic games. Bryson Green hadn't seen any action since the win against Tulsa, but caught three passes for 31 yards and a touchdown. A highlight reel touchdown, might I add, mossing the KU defenders to come down with the Illingworth Illingworth pass in the back of the end zone. It was a fantastic catch by him. Blaine Green grabbed his longest reception of the season, a 40-yard Dart from Shane Illingworth on the sideline. Those sideline passes are so phenomenal to watch. The toe tap, ta- the toe tap, everything. So fantastic catch by him and a great pass by Shane on that play. The sophomore Dominic Richardson saw his biggest workload against Kansas with 11 attempts for 79 yards and a touchdown. His longest run was a 17-yard run. It was great to see him get some involvement, especially since Jalen Warren didn't have to be out on the field and getting to rest him for the matchup coming up. Zach Middleton, a redshirt freshman, another guy who had an impressive spring game back in April. He had four rushing attempts for nine yards against KU. And that's just the offensive skill position players. Offensive linemen got a chance to get some playing time that they might not normally see. Ethan Bullock got a chance to throw some footballs. So really just got to get everybody pretty involved on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, Nick Session, a redshirt freshman, had four solo tackles and an interception that he ran back for 27 yards. There's nothing more encouraging than seeing these young guys in this defense make the statements that they did this weekend because our defense is so good and because we're begging Oklahoma State to sign Jim Knowles for however much money he wants, as long as he wants. So to see some young guys coming up in his defense is really, really encouraging. Tyron Irby, a redshirt senior that was a JUCO transfer who missed most of 2020 with an injury, had two solo tackles for loss and a sack on Saturday against KU. Trey Rucker, a junior, and Wake Forest transfer had two tackles on Saturday, including a tackle for loss. So they were really, really pushing KU back with these backup defensive players. And it was nice to showcase some of that depth that we've heard about both on both sides of the ball, uh, as well as seeing some of the youth that we'll have coming up in the program for years to come. So it was very encouraging on all fronts against KU. Again, I just want to reiterate, I know I talked about it yesterday, that just because it's KU, it shouldn't diminish anything that the Cowboys did on either side of the ball. They played a really good game of football for four quarters with the entire team. So just very commendable to them. Next up, my Big 12 power rankings, plus a little bit of rest of season thoughts. But first, college football fans, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks offers all the props you can think of, including touchdowns and interceptions thrown. You can do field goals even college and professional plus it's super easy to use you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry it's just you versus the projected numbers when i say it's easy to use i mean it's easy to use i am not very good at computers i'm not very good at smartphones and it's super simple for me to get on and play you can use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less Price Picks is safe and it offers fast withdrawals. Make sure to use promo code Locked On for a 100% match up to $100. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is a daily fantasy made easy.
Thank you for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So I haven't given out my personal Big 12 power rankings in several weeks. And as we near uh, the end of the season, which is a whole other thing I'm not prepared for. Uh, but as we near the end of the season, I thought I'd drop my Big 12 power rankings again and kind of talk about what the rest of the season holds for each team from the bottom to the top, starting with Oklahoma State's most recent foe at number 10 is Kansas. One of the better, worst teams I've seen there in a few years. I think the direction is trending up, but it's not going to be fixed overnight. They're sitting at one and five and face Kansas State team this weekend. There's not a lot to like say about Kansas, but I think there can be hope found in what's happening in Kansas this year and what future years might bring. At number nine, Texas Tech, though I do think you could make an argument for TCU, and I almost did, but I did decide to stick with Texas Tech here for now. After firing head coach Matt Wells, interim coach Sonny Cumbie and the Red Raiders headed to Norman to face the unbeaten Sumers, and they got routed 52-21. to In the first couple drives, I had hoped that Texas Tech could at least score on this OU defense, but things fell apart pretty quickly for the Red Raiders. Luckily, they have a bye this week before finishing their season against Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. T's and P's to that interim head coach, man, because I understand wanting to move on or whatever, whatever happened with Matt Wells. I understand that, but to put a head coach, to put a guy that's not your head coach in the position to play against OU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Baylor to end the season is, that's asking a lot of somebody's psyche. But regardless, Texas Tech, not great, but hopefully can make the right hire this offseason and get their arrow trending up. At number eight, TCU, now the second Big 12 school to fire a head coach this season. TCU and Gary Patterson mutually decided to split ways after a 31-12 loss to Kansas State. TCU has some talent to work with on both sides of the ball, but they'll need to get someone in the head coaching position that can work with it. For now, Patterson's best man at his wedding and special assistant in charge of the offense. There are quotes around that. That is the title that I found. will take over as the interim head coach. TCU will face a brutal Baylor team this weekend. So walking straight into what could be an abysmal game for TCU this weekend and an interim head coach. Don't envy Texas Tech or TCU right now. At number seven, Kansas State. In conference, their only wins have come against TCU and Texas Tech. That's not a great resume. This weekend they get Kansas. Wins are wins. I've said that a million times this year, but Kansas State can't seem to pull wins over uh, mediocre opponents. Deuce Vaughn is still one of my favorite Big 12 players. Unfortunately, he lacks kind of the surrounding help that running backs tend to need, but I do love Deuce Vaughn. I do like Kansas State. I just think uh, they can't quite get it over the hump of beating some of the, they're, they're that definition of like middle of the pack. At number six, West Virginia coming off a huge upset win over Iowa State. And yes, I did do a petty little dance, as I'm sure most Oklahoma State fan base did. West Virginia's early loss to Texas Tech is by far the most alarming. But overall, the team seems to be taking steps in the right direction. Oklahoma State heads to West Virginia this weekend for what should be a tough matchup. Now, I know they were supposed to be back this season, but I haven't seen it. So coming in at number five is Texas. Every year, their fan base gets excited for this being the year. And every year, 
something goes catastrophically wrong. The Longhorns are 4-4 four and four this season. The last three games they've lost in the last quarter. Texas offense is still one of the most fun and high-powered in the Big 12, but their defense and the inability to close games is a huge liability. And Texas has a tough matchup this weekend against Iowa State, so that'll be a game that we I'll definitely be keeping an eye on. Number four, Iowa State. This is where things start to get a little murky. The loss to West Virginia last week certainly put a wrench in ISU's plans for the Big 12 championship after taking Oklahoma State down a notch. Now, of course, Iowa State fans are blaming the rest for the loss against West Virginia, a very similar feeling to the ones we just experienced when we played them. Unfortunately, that's part of being a sports fan. No matter how many strides we make with technology, for some reason, we're still going to have refs that are only human, and we can only do so much about that. Humans make mistakes. They happen. And it's part of being a sports fan. doesn't hurt any less, but... We have all been there. Iowa State still has Texas and Oklahoma in their future schedule, so things are looking to get things aren't looking to get any easier coming off a tough loss to West Virginia. This is where I might lose some people because I know here's the thing. A lot of national media sites have Baylor as the number two team in the Big Twelve. And head to heads don't mean anything, but in this case, I think the head to head against Baylor does put Oklahoma State at number two for me. So at number three, I have the Baylor Bears. Baylor's only loss this season came against Oklahoma State. And outside of Oklahoma, they have a pretty breezy schedule left, starting with TCU this weekend. The Longhorns choked away an 11-point lead against the Bears on Saturday. But as you well know, a win is a win. I'm glad that we've got Baylor behind us this season as they're starting to really get some rhythm and chemistry going. So I am happy that we've already got that one taken care of, at least for the time being. So at number two, I already did a spoiler on this, but it's Oklahoma State. I'm still recovering from the loss against Iowa State, but the dominant win against Kansas has me feeling much better about this football team. The Cowboys are traveling to West Virginia this weekend, and so long as the same defense shows up, we'll be in this game all four quarters. Following West Virginia, we get both the teams working with interim head coaches in TCU and Texas Tech before the Bedlam matchup, so I think that's good for Oklahoma State. The West Virginia matchup is going to be tough, and I never want to look too far ahead, but it is nice that we're going to have two teams that are on a bit of a shaky ground just to kind of get prepared for the end-of-the-season Bedlam matchup. And, of course, at number one is Oklahoma. Until they lose, there they shall stay. No matter how much I don't like it, the Sooners are on bye this week, but immediately following bye week, they have a tough remaining schedule, ending with Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma has had three blowout victories, the first being a non-conference against Western Carolina. They've also blown out TCU and Texas Tech. Tulane, Nebraska, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas, and Kansas all hung in with Oklahoma. I think all three of their final games have the potential to be upsets. Uh, Sooner fans aren't going to like that, but I truly believe that. The end of their schedule is tough, and it is nice. They got lucky kind of like we did with the bye week coming at an appropriate time, so they do have some time to prepare. But they have three really tough games to end the season. The way the Big 12 championship game works, there are a myriad of things that could or couldn't happen to land Oklahoma State in that matchup. Right now, winning one week at a time is crucial. I said yesterday Oklahoma State is in the driver's seat of its own destiny, a scary but familiar place for Oklahoma State players and fans alike. 
But take it one week at a time. We got to get this victory against West Virginia, and then we can move up. And then we can move on. Coming up, how Vegas views the matchup against West Virginia this weekend, and just a quick overview of my thoughts of what I think will happen. But first, Bet Online got a makeover with a whole new look to start the basketball season. But it's still the number one place for all your football and basketball action this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Basketball, baseball, football, NFL coaching staffs. Head to the new website or mobile app and use promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Remember to use promo code Locked On to receive your welcome bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. Before matchups, I always like to look at how Vegas has the game going for Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Oklahoma State is a three-point favorite against West Virginia in Morgantown. I saw two different over-unders, so I'm not sure which one I'm reporting is correct. I saw both 49 points and 50 and a half, and so I'm not sure which one of those is correct. On average, West Virginia is allowing more points and more yards per game. They're also scoring more more points per game. I have a feeling, though, our offense is finally starting to get going. I think we'll see more offense from Oklahoma State against West Virginia this weekend. They outdo us in turning the ball over as well. They've given the ball away 12 times to our nine. We've had three more takeaways this season as well. West Virginia did just pull off the upset win against Iowa State, but they weren't able to stop running back Brees Hall. That's not the reason that they won, because they stopped the running back, who put up 167 yards on 24 carries on Saturday. Jalen Warren should feast against this West Virginia uh, rushing defense, especially if the offensive line comes to play. Most importantly for Oklahoma State, and I kind of touched on this earlier, this is not from Vegas, this is obviously from me, but the first string played less than half a game of football last weekend against KU, while West Virginia just went down to the wire with a tough Iowa State team. So while we didn't technically have a bye week, our team should be well-rested. We have guys that played. Jalen Warren carried the ball less than he has all season. Spencer Sanders was out of the game before halftime. So really a lot of these guys got a lot of rest over the last week. I think it's going to really pay off in the long run. It was kind of like having a, a second bye week this season. West Virginia's offense has been a lot of things. They've been a lot of things this season, but consistent is not one of them. They've won games they shouldn't have won. They've lost games they should have won. And Oklahoma State's defense is the best in the Big 12. I'm not going to argue about it anymore. Um, I don't care what paper says. I think without a doubt, Oklahoma State's defense is the best defense in the Big 12. And a offense that isn't consistent, I don't think is going to do well against our defense. Our, Jim Knowles has the defenders doing so many different things, so many different lineups, so many sneaky lineups, that it's hard for a team that's already inconsistent on offense to get anything going. My biggest concern with a team like KU was that Jason Bean was going to get forced out of the pocket and make something happen. Now we've seen that we can shut that down as well. So it doesn't, I, I think West Virginia is in for a rude awakening against this defense and Jim Knowles plan for this defense. 
I'd like to see Oklahoma State come out and get another statement win, not a down-to-the-wire cardiac cowboy win, though I'd take it either way. I, I'm not that picky. You know, beggars can't be choosers, but... Tomorrow, I will dive deeper into the matchup against West Virginia, some talk about player personnel and what the game plan needs to be in order to come out of Morgantown with a win. Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. Now go make Locked On Big 12 your second listen. Get all of the daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors, free and available on all platforms. Remember, you can find me at Lindellians on Twitter or follow the show page at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Go Pokes!